Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, this is Ayers on the Road. I'm Richard Ayer, and this is Linda Ayer, and we're glad to join you again this week. It's fun to do these every week. You know, these podcasts, sometimes it seems like we just finished one and boom, we're starting another one. The weeks can fly by. How do you slow time down, Linda? How do we slow down this thing called time? I know. It's amazing. For us, it's uh, more than halfway through the summer. It's August 1st when we're recording this. I don't know when you're listening to it, but wow, we just finished our reunion. We just sent our last two families off on flights yesterday, yesterday morning at 10 a.m. Oh, we're, and so, we're, we're so exhausted. Oh my gosh, we're so exhausted and so relieved, but we also miss them now that they're all gone. We had so much fun, but wow, that's a lot of work. And actually, our darling little family with three kids under six um, got their plane canceled in Dallas, so they <laughs> spent the night there and the day. And, but they, um, they'll be home by now, so in a couple of days, we sent one family back to London, one back to Zurich, Switzerland, one to New York City, one to Maui. Oh my goodness, these kids are spread out, and we miss them, but it was wonderful to have them all together for this reunion. I don't know how to even express my excitement because we're doing something now on ours on the road that's really fun for us and we hope fun for you as listeners. We have now, and I, we should just say it right out, 50 is a big, big number for us right now. Just three days ago, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. And last earlier this year, we published our 50th book. And a little earlier in the year, we had our 50th family member come into the world. So, boy, oh boy, 50 is a big, big number for us. Actually, I'm kind of relieved it's over. We have been celebrating all year because, gosh, you know, makes us feel kind of old. 50 is a lot of years to be married. Especially to each other. <laughs> well, and I don't, you know, I don't mean to imply there was any planning going on here. Just that those three fifties, fifty family members, fifty books, and fifty years all came. They converged. It was like the stars aligned somehow, and we thought, what a great time! What a perfect time to take a retrospective look back over these fifty books we published over the last three or four decades, almost five decades and try to just make a little bit of a summary of each one. What's the main message? They're, they all have to do with family and, and with parenting and with marriage and so on. And we thought, wouldn't it be great to just try to capture the main thrust of each of those books and just pass it on to you on Ours on the Road. So last week, we did the show on our very first book, a book called I Challenge You, I Promise You. And we tried to suggest what the main themes of that book was and condensed it into a way that maybe you as listeners could pick up on it in a hurry. Well, I love that you always include me in everything, honey, but I did not have anything to do with writing that book. It was written with Paul H. Dunn, who was a dear friend in the olden days when we were in Boston. Well, but I beg to differ. I don't think, uh, you know, when we say that 50 number of books, that is sort of yours, mine, and ours. And your name has been alone on some of them. My name's been alone on some of them. More than half have been co-authored and have both of our names on the book. 
So listen, I mean, I say we did every one of them together. I might have, <laughs> I might have picked up the pen more on some and you on others, but I think it's especially true on the second book we ever wrote, which was published, and the one we're going to talk about today, which was published in 1974. My goodness, and that was a long time ago. And it's a book called Relationships. And boy, that brings a lot of memories, just thinking about that time frame and where we were. And by the way, if we wrote books on current political trends or on something that changes every day, there wouldn't be much point in going back and reviewing all these books. But since they're on relationships and marriage and family... Those are things that don't change, and frankly, as we read back through some of those earlier ones, they're more relevant today than they were when we wrote them, don't you think? I really do, and the fun thing about this is that those old books, which we have the copyright back on after all these years, are actually online for free. Yeah. We started years ago having our secretaries uh, get them online when it was harder than it is now, and uh, it has really been wonderful to have those available. I'm glad you said that, Linda, because we wouldn't dare go online and do 50 podcasts, one on each of our books, as a way to sell the books. That's not the point at all, because they're free now. And we... Well, uh, most of them. The almost most all of them. We and, don't have copyright. And so, IrishFreeBooks.com, any of the books we talk about, you can go there. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm looking at the free version, the complete book of this second book we ever did called Relationships. And, you know, putting it in context, Linda, think back. We were a young married couple. We had two children. You were actually expecting our third, we were expecting our third child in 1974. And we were where a lot of people are as young couples. We were trying to establish a career you were a music teacher, I was a management consultant, we were out there pitching, and it occurred to us, and it's what eventually led to this book, that we were spending too much of our time on achievements and not enough of our time and effort and mental energy on relationships. And I remember we started talking a lot about that, not only with each other, but with friends. What is the most important part of life? achievements or relationships um, on our resumes we list our achievements we don't list our relationships so does that mean they're the most important which is the means and which is the end do our relationships support our achievements and our career and our goals in life financially and so on or should those achievements be supporting and sort of backing up relationships, which one matters most. Remember how deeply we were trying to grapple with that back in those days? I do, and it's so easy, even now today, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the things of the world that you're trying to accomplish and things that need to happen, have to happen, and life gets so complicated that sometimes the achievements get dumped by the wayside, and it is so easy to do that, especially when you're very first starting, I think. Um, well, I remember when I had that first baby, I was thinking, oh man, you know, this is my full-time job now. I've got I've to really pay attention to this baby. But at the same time, my most important thing was still my relationship with you and with family members and so on. 
and well not more important than the baby but you know what I mean it really was a time when we had to stop and consider how important are our achievements and what do we take with us when we die we have been to so many funerals lately and they just at funerals they just do not read resumes you know they just talk about relationships they talk about the great relationships that have happened in their lives and that is really the most important part of our lives well maybe you've heard lately there's sort of two kinds of qualities that people have one is called the resume qualities and one is called the funeral qualities or the eulogy qualities and the thing that ends up being the most important the longer we live is the relationships, not the achievements. The achievements may be important as far as, you know, the career you have or what you're trying to do to bring about changes in the world or in your profession. And I'm not saying they're unimportant, but it's the relationships that really count. Like a, a good friend of ours, a doctor who'd attended many deaths, often used to say to us, you know, no one on their deathbed says, Oh, I wish I'd spent a little more time on the business. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And, uh, you know, for moms, it's, I wish I'd spent a little less time worrying about dirty windows and dirty floors and so on and and getting things organized than time spent with real relationships with our kids. Uh, it really is so easy to get that mixed up. Let me read just a little uh, phrase or two from the introduction of this book, Relationships. We, we wrote this book in sort of free verse. It's almost like the lineage of the paragraphs and so on is broken lines like a poem. And we just thought that lent itself more to the subject matter, to the relationships. And this first part is telling a hypothetical story about a father's relationship with his daughter. And I was actually, as I wrote it, sort of projecting my own relationship with our oldest daughter, who at that time, when well, we wrote it, was... Well, how old would she have been? She, she was just a baby. Three? Yeah, no, she was well, only three. 74. She had been three or four. Four years old. And so, and so I just wanted to give you this feel of it. Um, uh, she knew things about herself when she was with her dad that she didn't know when she was alone. Now, she, this is projecting she's like a 16-year-old. Long walks happened between them now, sometimes for reasons, sometimes for none, and brought about a communication so complete that both felt a lingering awareness of a third present entity, a clarifying catalytic force that transcended the words they spoke and telegraphed their feelings heart to heart. One clear, soft evening in autumn, beneath the lofting elms that shrouded their street, she slipped his hand into his and whispered above the stillness, Daddy, what is the most important thing of all? It was a silly question in a way, a profound one in another. She knew it was, but it was a night for questions like that. They had time. The father thought as they walked for several silent minutes. And then he gave his daughter the right answer in one word. Relationships. Our relationships are so precious to us. And I know as families grow older and so on, we were just with some people this week who said that their children just don't like each other very much. They have a hard time getting together. But when the hard times come and somebody in the family is in need, they pull together and pray together and fast together and work together. And so, you know, there's there's different kinds of of relationships. Some, some relationships are just smooth all the way through, some are up and down. 
some really need some work and some seem to not work no matter how hard you work at it but it really is true that it is so important to think about these relationships as first priority. We still speak a lot on this subject and we were with a group not long ago and we realized as we were having this discussion with this group of people in an auditorium that the word relationship um, has morphed a lot in its meaning and in some ways it's a little sad. I started off with one person saying, you know, I'm in a relationship right now and he went on and I, and I was thinking about that and then another person said, yeah, I'm in a relationship and, and it was almost like, hey, these are just things you get in and out of. I'm in a relationship. Oh, I'm not in a relationship. I'm in one. I'm not. And, you know, they were talking about potential marriage in these cases. We're in a relationship, but it may not last. And I thought, how interesting that this wonderful word relationships is sometimes used in such a transitory way. And so, you know, we decided that that's something we really ought to talk about and get into. And it really is so fascinating that the word relationship can mean a lot of different things to different people, but in its soul, in its heart, the word relationship is what seems to matter most to all of us. And so we want to pursue this idea of what a relationship is even more when we come back from this short break. So hang on, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, we're back. We're talking about relationships. A book, the second one we ever wrote, the main message, as you might guess, is that relationships are more important than achievements. And in fact, that achievements in our lives should be viewed as the support mechanism for the relationships. In other words, the reason we go out and work, the reason we set goals, the reason we try to have a certain amount of money and so on is to support and maintain and cause to flourish this most important thing of all, which is our relationships. Now, in the book, Linda, you'll remember, we weren't talking about just any relationship. We weren't talking about the relationship with friends or the relationship with colleagues at work. We were talking about three important relationships, which are the subtitle of this book. And those three things are relationships with self, relationships with family, and relationships with God. And they tie together. Let, let us read you just one little part that sort of shows how those three relationships mesh in with one another. So um, this is, I have to say, a poem by... Well, the whole book is the whole the whole book's written in free verse. Free verse. So here we go: a relationship with God, a relationship with self, a relationship with another person. None can fully exist independently. Each feeds on the other, and they do not come in any kind of set sequential order. So, relationship with self is not first because it necessarily comes first, but because it can best be discussed first. Since this discussion forms parameters and lays foundations for the discussion of other relationships. So the first part of the book is relationships with self. And I think it has an interesting format, Linda. It has six chapters. And they're the five W's and the one H of relationships. So it's 
Why are you? Who are you? Where are you? How are you? What are you? And when are you? And we had a lot of fun with that, putting it together, because we decided that before you can really fully explore your relationship with God or with your family members, with your spouse or your children, you better do some thinking about your relationship with yourself and who you are and who you're trying to become and how honest you are with yourself and how real you are in terms of your own relationship with you. Well, as I think about our relationship, obviously we worked through a lot of things because of our children. We were only without children for one year. When we celebrated our 50th anniversary this week, it was also our oldest daughter's first birthday. She was born on our first birthday. That was her due date. And I thought, no way, no way, that's not going to happen. But it did. And so um, we had a year to develop a relationship. And although we'd known each other for a long time before, but it's so different when you're married and completely committed to somebody. And I feel like we really learned a lot from each other. Boy, did we ever. We actually put a chart in this part of the book that sort of lists these questions we ask about our relationship with ourself. Quickly, Linda, why don't you read the questions and I'll just touch on the answers. Okay, before I start that, I have to say that it just occurred to me, why did we have a cat the first year? Oh. <laughs> Didn't we one year, we... one year without anybody to take care of? We got a cat, and she was a crazy cat. Remember that? Blanche. Jumping all over the Blanche was her name. She was jumping off the balcony from the second floor to the ground several times. Anyway, um, worse than a kid, maybe. Okay, so here we go. Relationships. Who are you? An intelligence who has always existed and a child of God. Where do you come from? From a pre-mortal existence where all things were created spiritually and where we lived with God. Of course, this is our belief. You may believe something different, but something similar. Right. Um, number three, what is Christ's origin and your relationship to him? The same, a pre-existence where he was our elder brother and where he was chosen to be both Creator and Savior, and from whence he became Jehovah, the God of the Old Testament. And number four, why are you here? To advance as God has advanced, to prove ourselves, to gain a body, to understand and learn to handle physical matter. Number five, what are the objectives of this life? To have joy, to learn to know God, to perfect ourselves, to try to prepare to meet our Maker. And where are you going? First to a spirit world, and then, if worthy, back to the presence of God. And what will it be like when you return? We will be more like God than when we left. Now, admittedly, those are some pretty personal beliefs. Those are beliefs of our particular faith. But what's so interesting, Linda, is most of our speaking now is to very diverse groups from a wide variety of faith and lack of faith. And here's the interesting thing. Most people categorize themselves as spiritual and they have a belief, even if it's very generally defined, that they came from somewhere and they're going somewhere and that there is a spiritual existence. And we love the fact that we find that among Muslims, we find it among Jews, we find it among Buddhists, we find it among Hindus. We find it among agnostics all over the world. And so each person has to struggle 
with their relationship with their self based on what their faith is and on what they choose to believe. Right, but I don't think anybody in any of those categories you mentioned would doubt that the most important thing in our lives are our relationships. Right. Even those that are totally overwhelmed with a new business or a new family or anything. I mean, and you think, well, wait a minute, a new family, that's all about relationships. Well, it's somewhat about relationships. It's about surviving. It's about divers. It's about cleaning. It's about a lot of other things. But the pure, true relationships are the most important things. This will bring back some interesting memories, Linda. We had a wonderful friend at the time we were writing this book. In many ways, the dearest friend I've ever had, a fellow named Richard Rosine, who's passed many years ago. But he was into helping us write this book on relationships. And he was fascinated by the idea of a relationship with yourself. So he created a little game that he called the Aura Game. He was a big believer, as we were and still are, in the fact that each person has kind of an aura around them, which is sort of the exuding of their own nature, their own personality, and so on. And I wish you could see this right now that I'm looking at. It's the shape of a person. And then around it are all these different qualities, perspective, awareness, intelligence, efficiency, pragmatic, aesthetic, open-minded, methodical. Educated, I like that. Yeah, idealistic, visionary, forgiving, humble. And each of them have five dots going out from the figure to the outer part of the page. So you rank yourself on all these from one to five, and then you connect the dots, and that makes your aura a different shape depending on which of those is the strongest quality. Oh man, I forgot all about that. That dear Richard Rosine, he had a great mind. And I do think it makes a big difference. Your state of mind makes a difference in your aura. I mean, some people said they can see auras. I mean, sometimes you look at somebody and they're just a bright person. It yeah, just, you it's see just bright. light you see coming it. from their face. But I do think what you're thinking about does make your aura. And that has to do with the relationship with yourself. On the way home last night, on the way driving here to home, I had the radio on and there was the most magnificent show on Bach. And I'm a musician, so I loved it, but anybody would, because this the guy who was being interviewed was absolutely obsessed with Bach. Yeah. Had written music similar to Bach's and won awards for them, and it really was amazing. He's saying, Bach is the Shakespeare of music. You have to realize that. And I thought, oh, I have been so entrenched in family and so on. I'm ready to go back and learn a little <laughs> bit that I don't know or relearn things that I have known and forgotten because I think education is such a big part of our lives you're and ready. our relationship with well, ourselves. So yeah, you're ready to work. I mean, that's the interesting thing that the book tries to point out is that we move in and out of these three different relationships. There's some periods where we're consumed with our relationship with family, with right. our spouse, with our children. There's other times when we have the luxury of really focusing a little more on ourselves and what our relationship is with ourselves, And there are other times, often in times of need, where our main focus is our relationship with God. So the second section of the book, the one on family relationships, really centers a lot around a very unique word, the word stewardship. It's always been a favorite word of ours that we don't own our children, we don't create our children, they come to us. 
from another place. And that's obvious to any parent. I mean, especially a parent with two or more children. You look at those children, they have the same environment, they have the same heredity, yet they're so totally different. There's another variable there. And that variable is who they are as a spirit. And it's pretty powerful to think about that and to to see yourself not as the owner, but as a steward. You've been given this brother or sister of yours, and you're the person who is trying to raise that person. So those relationships within the family, and we talk about our favorite sayings that no other success can compensate for failure in the home. No other relationship can compensate for relationships in the home. And so that's really the heart of the book. And, you know, this is when we were really moving toward our place in the literary world. We wanted to write about family. Yeah, that was fun and exciting. And as you probably identify it, you know, we were also in a big, I don't want to say mess, but it was really a lot of chaos with two little preschoolers. And it really is so hard to keep your mind straight on what is really important. Yeah, we've come to believe later in life that having three kids is the hardest of all. Once we get to four, we sort of had middle management in the family. Yeah, that's true. Some people would disagree with that, but for us, that worked. Then the final section, which we've really been alluding to, is the relationship with God and really defining what our faith is, trying to understand what we believe and how to implement it in our lives and sort of transfusing the relationship with self and with family with a spiritual quality that makes everything more real and more wonderful. So, Linda, if I were, let's each you do a summary. If I were to summarize what this book, Relationships, is really all about, number one, it's about prioritizing, putting relationships ahead of achievements in your own mind and your own priorities. Secondly, it's about the interrelationship between how you relate to yourself, how you relate to God, and how you relate to your family and bringing those all into balance. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I do think that there are times when we have to think, what would we do with that all our stuff? I mean, get rid of all your stuff and what's left, your relationships. It really is so true. So that's the thing we need to work on. So our whole goal in this series of talking about one book each week is to just give you an intro or a kind of a summary and then invite you to go to iresfreebooks.com if you want to read more, where the book is free and where you can pursue it even further. So we wish you the very best, and we hope you'll think about that a bit and join us again next time on Ayers on the Road. See you then.